0: Welcome to the This Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS Online Program, which Forbes has stated helps entrepreneurs become professional speakers. For more information, go to ChristopherKai.com. Our guest today is Josh Robner. He is a best selling author of a book called Unbreak the System Diagnosing and Cur- Curing the 10 Critical Flaws in Your Company. Josh, welcome to our podcast. Thanks, Christopher. Really nice to be here.
1: Why did you choose to write this book? So this is just something that uh, had come up over the time. You know, I've been in corporate America for over 20 years and have seen a lot of things. I held a lot of positions from, you know, unpaid intern all the way up to senior leadership in a variety of different companies. And uh, I just, over time, noticed that whenever companies weren't performing as well as they wanted to, um there were these really common things that were always happening and so as my career progressed and i started to think about it more you know i have a an undergrad degree in communication so i've always liked writing and i realized that you know maybe there's a book here and as i started to think about it i started to formulate all those thoughts in my head and then just kind of came into form and became these 10 critical flaws great and so
0: Let's talk about, because you literally, the book is called Unbreak the, the, the System. So let's first talk about why you think the system's been broken.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that there's just a lot of stuff going on in a lot of companies. There's so much going on out in the world these days, you know, and companies are always trying to get better and, and you know, be the next hot new thing. And I think sometimes it's just really hard to compete. It's really hard to know uh, what it is you've got to do. And then, you know, another big challenge is that you've got to rally all these people in your company around a common cause and a common purpose and a common set of products and services. And, um, you know, that, that can be a really difficult thing to do, especially when, you know, different people come from different backgrounds and have different skills and, you know, you've got to set up your company to succeed. And, you know, everybody tries to do that, but we're we're not perfect and so uh, when that happens and we set up our our company sometimes we create systems uh, and infrastructure and other things and we do things that inadvertently cause problems and so that's what this uh, this book is about it's about helping executives figure out what are the the critical flaws in their companies that are holding their performance back and when i talk about performance i'm talking about over, first and foremost, financial performance, because that's what it always boils down to, um, is that the company is not performing financially as well as it should. But underneath all of that, there can be a number of other things, and there are a number of other things that are happening that contribute to that. And they all wind up working together.
0: Small companies, large companies. So, so with your book, so you're you're saying that it's more geared toward executives in companies. Like that's your main lead, the main readership that you want to have every book. Yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's, I mean, you know, certainly anybody can uh, can learn and benefit from what I talk about in the book. Um, you know, but my target audience is the top executives because they're the ones that need to be able to orchestrate the changes. And they're also the ones at the end of the day that are accountable for the entire company performance.
0: Yeah, so let's talk about one critical flaw that you feel are in larger companies specifically.
1: Oh boy, yeah. Um, So, uh, you know, well, let's see. I think um, one of my favorite ones to talk about is is no standard operating procedures. Uh, I think a lot of companies as they Try to grow and 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 even when they get big it's amazing how they don't have standard operating procedures that are keyed into what the best performers in the role do um, and many of them don't even have standard operating procedures at all or if they do it's just sort of checklists of stuff that people should do you know like uh you know it could be you know check in in this system or read this report or whatever But the procedures don't necessarily tell you what decisions need to be made and how to make those decisions. And I think that's one of the things that, um, you know, in larger companies, uh, it causes a lot of confusion and it's responsible for variable performance to where you have some employees, you know, a handful of employees who do things really well and a handful of employees who really perform poorly. And then everybody else is kind of just somewhere in the middle. But, you know, there's real value in being able to standardize that performance and being able to take those middle performers and bring them up more toward like what the top performers are. And, you know, the way you do that is by creating better standard operating procedures. And then I think those standard operating procedures, once you get those right, those really can be the foundation for a lot of different things so you can use those for hiring guides you can use those for job descriptions you can use them for evaluations of your of your team members you know managers can use them to help people uh, to see how their team members are performing and you know they can be used to create goals i mean there's just so much that can happen if you when companies finally create great standard operating procedures
0: yeah and I want to stress that it is a foundation because when I worked at American Express, literally one of the biggest companies in the world, I, I, before I did a sales role, I was in this uh, operational role on the banking side, and I was actually mm-hmm. responsible for creating these flow charts, hundreds of flow charts with all these various procedures that are standardized so that with anyone that walked into that operational s- system, they knew exactly the decision-making, if they said yes or no, what happens, but it was literally all yeah. laid out in a flow chart. And there was hundreds of these That's procedures right. that we had. And at the time, I'm like, this is like such a (laughs) tedious process. But with that, every single person in every department in the entire operations center at the time knew exactly what the basic foundational standardized role was. And like you said, I didn't realize that at the time how powerful that was. And when I looked at smaller companies that would hire me, whether they're at 100 million or 10 million or 5 million, I noticed that, again, without the standardization, you really can't scale and have this continuity. And that's why the biggest companies in the world have that. And so I, I appreciate you stressing that, Josh, because yeah. really, there's a big difference between working for a multi 1000000000 not company, but even in a few hundred million dollars, sometimes they don't even have standards. They don't sometimes even have their own HR department because they think it's not as important. So I totally agree with you and our listeners, make sure you, you really buy Josh's book. Now, let's go on the other end of the spectrum, which is, what about smaller companies, Josh? What about people that perhaps are making $10 million and under? What are some of the issues that perhaps the critical flaws that you'd call them that they have?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of it is the same, right? I mean, I, 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 mean, I could go with any one of them, really. Um, but, you know, I, I, I love sticking with standard operating procedures for just a second, because that's one of those things where a lot of times when you get a smaller company, You know, it's founded by a very entrepreneurial person who flies by the seat of his or her pants and really can pivot very quickly. But then they're trying to, and that's all great stuff, right? You need that. But at the same time, you know, you said it yourself, right? Um, When you're trying to scale, you can't do it unless there's standardization. So a lot of times the smaller companies, they don't even think they need standard operating procedures because it's like, oh, we just all know what to do. But if you really want to grow your, or we're just, you know, we're figuring it out, right. But, or will someone figure it out. But if you're really trying to grow your company, you've got to replicate those things and you've got to put those decisions into a clear format that anybody can see and get that aligned all the way around your organization. Right. And, um, you know, I mean, I I think that's where, uh, even that same one can help small companies too. And, um, Yeah, I mean, the other one that I might call out for small companies is uh, dysfunctional infrastructure. I think there's there's an opportunity for small companies to prevent the critical flaw of dysfunctional infrastructure. And, you know, I think a lot of people have experienced dysfunctional infrastructure, especially in larger companies where you, you have you ever worked for a company where you're like, oh gosh you know we're just so siloed like we have no idea what the people in this other department are doing and i didn't even know that department existed right um and so i think for smaller companies there's an opportunity to design the organization uh, as you're scaling it around cross-functional processes because most of the important work that companies do to serve customers and bring in revenue that doesn't get returned for dissatisfied customer reasons, you know, is done by a cross-functional team. And everybody touches the process. So there's an opportunity there to prevent a critical flaw of dysfunctional infrastructure by setting up the organization design as you're scaling it to be built around cross-functional teams that are all around one particular customer-focused process. Rather than just, you know, marketing reports to marketing and finance reports to finance and sales reports to sales. And they're all kind of doing their own thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and especially in the world we live in now, especially with millennials and younger generations, they really want to be included in various conversations. So, Josh, thanks so much for being on our podcast today. How can our guests stay in touch with you and buy your book?
1: Yeah, you're so welcome. So my book's available on Amazon, um, and again, it's called Unbreak the System, Diagnosing and Curing the 10 Critical Flaws in Your Company. Uh, If you want to connect with me, best way is my website, which is www.joshrovner.com, or I'm also available on LinkedIn, so feel free to connect with me there. Thank you for listening to our
0: Gifters podcast. If you want to turn your story into a successful speaking or coaching business, go to ChristopherKai.com for details.